When you live to ticket before you kick it, it's pretty important that you power your adventure with the right nutrition. Not just when you decide to take on the biggest physical and mental challenge of your life, like I did retracing the 1928 Tour de France, but also as a part of everyday living. Working overtime on a double shift, running the kids all over town to their sporting events, adding a few extra miles to your weekly hike, or getting sleep deprived with a hectic travel schedule. I'm proud to announce Bucket Nutrition is now an official sponsor of our podcast and just for you, giving a 10% discount on all Bucket Nutritional products. Go to Amazon.com and use promo code Bucket10, that's Bucket with an IT, 10, for a 10% discount on Bucket Nutritional products. Great tasting, high performance nutrition to help you take it before you kick it. It's Thursday at the quietest bar in town. As expected, zero students will turn up from Skidmore College because the hottest place to party isn't here. But that was then. And now, twin sisters and budding entrepreneurs have decided that it's time to shake things up. They know music, and they know cool. They know how to cover a campus in flyers, and they know a guy who loves to spin vinyl. It's time to deliver on a big promise. Staring at the clock and the door, Antoinette, Trisha, a very nervous bar owner and a pumped-up DJ, stand and wait for what will turn out to be a game-changer, not only for the party animals of Saratoga Springs, New York, but for two young women who claim their white space and make doubling down their mantra for life. I knew I couldn't go back. You just wife. put it out there. She said you've got less than a year to live. She's done even Luck deeper. is the residue of design. Nobody else was doing it, so I couldn't. That was the turning point. Welcome to the Bucket Podcast with Phil Kogan. Every week I talk to Mavericks, disruptors, and innovators. People who ditch the excuses, swerve off the predictable road, and epitomize what it means to ticket before you kick it. A boss lady is a fearless optimist. She rises to the occasion and she has your back. She's like that ride or die. A boss lady doesn't follow fashion. She, she leads, leads them. them. So mm -hmm. in other words, she doesn't have the over the shoulder mentality where she's looking around for cues. Elle Magazine calls Antoinette M. Clark and Trisha Clark Stone the power twins. They are a force to be reckoned with. These identical twin sisters have taken the business world by storm. They set the bar very high and surpassed it. They are the boss ladies who have learned to double down and go all in on themselves. Antoinette is a two-time Emmy Award-winning TV producer and VP of Branded Entertainment and Media Innovation at CBS Television Network. Trisha is the co-founder and CEO of WP Narrative, an award-winning marketing agency using a groundbreaking model uniting code and culture. Of the 8,734 CEOs of companies in the media and advertising world, only 93 are black women. Trisha is one of those 93. Both attribute their phenomenal success to a set of core principles that they live by, 52 in all. That's how they got where they are today, and they're now sharing these skills in a newly released book called Double Down. Antoinette and Tricia want to help women identify their goals, trust their instincts and core passions, and then double down on their superpowers to become boss ladies. I had the pleasure of catching up with both of them in the middle of their book tour so they could talk to me about what it really means to double down. 
I am with the boss ladies in Los Angeles, California. <laughs> and we're going to have a little chat. <laughs> and the whole thing will be with a Jamaican accent. Imagine. <laughs> and then we're going to have a ting. You know we, what a ting is? Yes. yes. We like ting. We like you ting. like ting? Yes. Yeah. We can toast with some ting. Yeah, want well, some ting. <laughs> you know what we do? We were just in Jamaica. We had ting and white rum. That was our cocktail. Ring ting nephew. and white rum. I've never had that. It's, it's good. good. Have you ever had Antiguan rum? No. Mm, see, I've had the Jamaican rum, but you need Antigua. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the white rum. I love the white rum. Yeah. yeah. It's great that you guys brought your mom here, <laughs> yes. who is, is from Jamaica. And yes. she's like the, she's, she's like a major teacher in your life, right? For oh, how huge. to like grab life by the horns and just, right? Started with her. Mm-hmm. So you guys are a force to be reckoned with. That's why we wanted you to come in here today because I should show everybody this cool book that you've written. Oh, and see, uh, and you have the galley copy. Yeah, uh, yeah, I have the, the galley early. copy. You're and VIP. you can see it's quite, quite tattered. Yes, which is a good sign. That means you being, read it. We've been going through and make look. See, yeah, oh, you made notes. I yeah, love we that. made notes. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're taking note. Yes, <laughs> and and yes, you're taking double down very seriously. We're taking double down very seriously, yes. and um, I love that it says bet on yourself and succeed on your terms. Yeah, and I I I really really want you to be able to share some of the principles that you have learned from your mom, from mm-hmm. your aunties, from mm-hmm. strong women in your life, mm-hmm. and then be able to share them with people who are listening and watching, and hopefully they can apply some of those rules and get out there and live the fullest possible life that they can. Yeah, that's the whole point. Yes. That is yeah. the whole mm-hmm. point. I'm, I'm interested to know how I, mean, I just asked you something before and you guys answered it at exactly the same time. Yeah, that happens They say this about twins. You know, mm-hmm. I've met twins before where they sometimes answer at the same time. Yeah. Is that the same with you? That's the norm for us. We speak in unison a lot. And because of that, there seems to be a melody mm. that comes out. So, so everyone, everyone thinks we can, we can sing. sing. <laughs> oh, boy. So we only... So I really only needed one microphone. It's so I, true. I, I, yeah, because... <laughs> You guys are so in sync. Exactly. Yeah, we're super in sync. Yeah, so we're so close and we think similarly, but obviously we have our differences. Yeah. But I think we're so accustomed to being together and and we're and working off of each other. We always say when we speak in unison when someone asks a question, you, you know, know we're, we're not lying. The truth. Yeah. Because we're saying we're the exact same it. thing yeah. at the same time. This do you say uh you've pushed each other to be successful on your own terms offering unconditional support straight talk and passionate inspiration yeah yeah so when you're when you're not together mm-hmm. does it feel like something's missing like maybe you forgot your wallet or your phone or you know, it's like that feeling yeah of, so that's how it was when we were younger because growing up we were always together so it's like we learned how to play tennis playing doubles, doubles first yeah. and but then singles, singles after. after because then once we went to school for the first time they separate siblings yes so at that point we had to figure out how we could become as powerful as, as singletons as, as we, we were, were together. together right because you had the wow factor right. exactly double i read that and right. you said you had like we were you know like we you would walk in and be like wow, wow. look at you two yeah and You're then they the pulled you apart and, and yeah. then you were like now we're singletons it's How like do now we? what like who are we right as single people so it's probably a good thing that that happened right because it was amazing. you have it, the double thing but you've also got the singleton thing right yes. and we had and to it, figure out how we could be as powerful separate as we were together so that's i think where we really started to figure out 
how we were un- how we were unique humans mm. um, and we really came into our own now after writing the book we can look back in hindsight and say that's where we really started to lean into our superpowers and who and what we were and what made us tick because we wanted to make sure that we were almost the best version of ourselves. Well, we were separate, so we would still get the same accolades and the same attention and that wow factor and feel good about ourselves. And so you're known as boss ladies. Yes. And and how do you fi- define that? What does that mean? So, <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> So I think a lot of people, when they hear boss lady, they assume you have to be a CEO or an entrepreneur in order to be a boss lady. But in our book, Double Down, we really want to drive home the fact that anyone can be a boss lady because it's an essence. It's a vibe. It's equal parts EQ and IQ. And a boss lady is a fearless optimist. She rises to the occasion and she has your back. She's like that ride or die. She doesn't let the noise of everything get in the way of things. And she always rises to the occasion. So we, we like to say that a boss lady doesn't follow fashion, she, she leads, leads them. them. So mm-hmm. in other words, she doesn't have the over the shoulder mentality where she's looking around for cues. Right. So you're really setting the path and leading. Yeah. You, you say that about instead of looking at what other people are doing and trying to follow or replicate what they're doing, you're, you, you like the idea that you should be looking for what you're going to do that's new and different. Exactly. Yeah. Which speaks to your point about, right. about leading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you say at, at the, in the beginning of the book, there are two types of people in the world. There, there's the kind who see power in another person and seek to uh, negate it. And then there are those who see power in themselves. Right. Right. So that's a great way of articulating it. Um, and then nurture that power. In that others. We all have that mm-hmm. power. Yeah. So... I guess it's hard sometimes for people to be convinced that they have this power, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I'm always saying to people, you need to find that thing that is special right, yeah. about you mm-hmm. because there is only one you. Exactly. Right. And, and, and what do you say to people who maybe they just can't find it? You know, they haven't got that. You guys have this passion. It, you know, as soon as you guys walked in, I could see mm-hmm. you have an energy about you, right? Yeah. You know where you're going. You know what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Phil? We got things to do. <laughs> We're gonna talk to you, but then we gotta leave because we got other stuff to do, um, which is good. Right. Uh, you haven't got all day to dilly dally and drink tings, right? Um, <laughs> right. That's so right. people who maybe ha- they haven't got that, mm-hmm. how do you help them? What, what are what are some of the things that they can focus on to find it? So the first thing we all we talk about, it's especially in the book, is identifying and really honing in on your superpowers. And we think superpowers, that's basically where your passion and expertise meet. Mm. But oftentimes people say it's hard, just to your point, um, to find or identify what your superpowers are. So you have to ask yourself a few questions. So it's what's the greatest common denominator of your best accomplishments? What do you feel the most magical doing? And what have people become to know you for? What do they go to you for advice about? And what sets you apart from everyone else? What do you feel like you're really rising to every top level when you're doing something that no one else is really there with you. Mm. Um, And then once you've figured out your superpower, it's all about cultivating and nurturing that. And that's what we call the three C's. We have that in the book also. And it's compassion. The status quo will lead you to believe that you only should care about yourself. And in reality, you can't get anywhere in life if you're just caring about yourself. You have to care about others because you need others to help you rise. And then the second is cool. 
everyone can be cool because it's all about cultural intelligence and leaning into that and also developing your own personal style. So that's super important. And then confidence. If you don't believe in yourself, no one's going to believe in you. So even if that means you have to meditate on it, leave yourself sticky notes on your mirror or have internal conversations with yourself to help hype you up, that all helps too. So you guys use sticky notes? Yes. Oh, we're, we're all about lists. So we're about listful, listful thinking, thinking, not wishful, wishful thinking. thinking. So and we write everything down. So we're <laughs> big believers. There are two types of people in this world. Yes. There are people that make lists and people who don't. So either you're crossing something off a list or, or you're, you're being crossed, crossed off, off a list. Whoa. And we don't want to get crossed off any list. No, nobody does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm all about lists too. Yeah. And I, I wrote this book, uh, eight, eight Ways to Live the Life You Want. And, yes. and the idea is that yeah. you you write a list. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a like a contract you have with yourself. Nobody's mm -hmm. going to sue you if you right. don't do those things yeah. on the list. But people say, "Well, what happens when you get through the list?" And I'm like, "No, you never get through the list. Right. The idea is that the when you take your last breath, yeah. mm -hmm. that there's still lots of things that were exactly. left on that list. Right. Yeah. That's a full life." Totally. Right. And I think to your point, it's about holding yourself accountable. Once it's on paper, yes. you have a reference. Yes. And then two, it helps you focus on your long game and not everyone else because once you set your path, you're not looking about, you're not looking around and seeing what other people are doing because you have a clear sense of purpose and intention and intent when you're kind of going for what 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 you want and, and what yeah. your goals and objectives are. I, I love the idea too that what you said just about putting it down on paper. I tell people that's sometimes the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Right. Because when you have to really sit down and yes. think and check in with yourself and figure out, well wait, what do I want to do and where am I going and how am I going to get there? And when you have to sit down and hold yourself accountable that's a big deal because a lot of people don't take the time to do that. Yeah, you say about the status quo, you say it's everywhere. It's all the people and systems trying to hold you back, asking you to settle for less. And you're, you're saying that you really want people to buck the system kind of, right? Yes. Like, yeah. Just to like get away from getting caught in a rut, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. focus on the things that you're good at that make you passionate. That's one of the things I try to help people with mm -hmm. when they say, I don't know what I want to do. And I go, well, just write down all the things you love. Yeah. Right. And or, then yeah. you start connecting those dots and yes. figuring out, well, wait, here's where I'm supposed to be. And then you then figure out how am I going to get there? And then I think to your point, when Antoinette was shifting careers, that's what she did. She had to remind herself mm -hmm. about what her superpowers were yeah. because she was moving from being a producer to really focus focusing on more of the business side and branded entertainment. And, she and when I was a producer, you work on so many different, I was a talk show daytime yes. producer. So you, you work on Montel, you, you, you Rachel work Ray. Rachel Ray and then uh, Nate Burgess. She, she was a bit of a talk show whore. And yes. Tyra too, right? <laughs> Tyra Banks, Is yes. that where you got the My Emmy? My two Emmys. Your yeah. Emmy. Yeah. So she I, always reminds me of that. Does she really? Yeah. She's like, you I'm, are twins, but yeah. she has but two Emmys. Exactly. It separates us I a little see. bit. But then okay. I say she has two. Why not give me one? Yeah. Just to one day, one day, just one just day. for my I'm mantle. I'm sure you've got your equivalent on the other side. Yeah, Can yeah. Lions and Shorties and Cleos. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. on the marketing advertising side. Ah. Yeah. She likes to say that shit too. Oops, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're allowed to say that. That's totally fine. So, what is what is white space? What is what does that mean? White space is a place that we thrive, and it's basically an area where you can stand out. It's a area of opportunity where you can create something new, mm -hmm. innovate 
or come up with a new solution to an old problem where you're really taking advantage on planting a flag in uncharted territory. So if you think about Uber and Airbnb and Rent the Runway, those are companies that have all taken um, an opportunity to really figure out how they can reimagine or redefine a business, a product or service within an industry that already exists. That's kind of cool. So it's like being an explorer and you're going out into the, yes. or going out into space. Yeah and discovering a new planet. Exactly. And then figuring out how you activate your superpower within that white space, mm. and that gives you that edge and creates the point of differentiation. But when you find your white space, that's when you really need to double down. What do you guys do to sort of tap into that, to, to see where the potential is? Do you guys go for long walks, or do you drink we, Pinot Noirs, or Tings, or what, what is it? Yes, what's we your, meditate, both of us. We meditate often, yes. but too, I think it's taking a step back where you're not in the weeds, because when you're in the weeds, you can't think straight. And you right. get into the grind of the day-to-day. -day. It's, it's taking a it's step hard. back so you can really be a little bit more strategic and you have a clearer point of view on what's kind of ahead. Because when you're in the weeds, you're looking at today. Mm. And white space is really about looking ahead and looking at tomorrow. So a few things that we do is we ask ourselves, what are we passionate about? What have we become known for? So what's your reputation within that? And then what have you achieved within your space? Then you take what you're passionate about and then you say, okay, how can I take this skill and really drive impact? So then you survey the landscape and say, who's out there? What is the what does the category look like? Who's in the category? What have they achieved and what are they doing? And how can I innovate against that with my skill set? Mm. And then that's how you usually arrive at at least a hypothesis of where you think your white space is. I think being open to new and different experiences is so important right yeah because you just you know you mentioned you played doubles before you played singles right yeah, yeah. but i mean just trying new and different things so let's say you you play the game of tennis mm -hmm. people sometimes don't realize how the lessons you learned working together on a tennis court and working in a team how you can then apply those to principles so and those skills and that life. focus mm -hmm. relying on your teammates mm -hmm. you, how you can apply that into your workplace right. 20 years later exactly you know? that's why when i first launched my um creative and technology agency when i was interviewing that was one of the first mm. questions that i would ask people like have you played a sport or have you been a part of a team mm. and if so what were some of the obstacles and issues so that I could get a sense of how they work uh, together and, and what that teamwork mentality is. And then two, how if they tripped up or if, or if one of their teammates tripped up, how, they how did they recover and really come together to lift each other up? That's yeah. really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you say don't, don't network, connect. Yes. yes. We're not about the, the get, get rich, rich quick theory of networking. We right. think people should be connecting on passions, not professions. So, so explain to me the difference because networking, I think of networking, I think of connecting with people, but what's the, what's the difference? Because if you think of networking, you go to a conference or a mm -hmm. seminar or you go to a meetup or a bar or lounge and you go up to someone, you usually have a name tag on or you say, hi, I'm Trisha and you tell me your name and then I ask you what, what you, do, do, you do, do for a living. You ask me I what see. I do and then everything revolves around, around that. that where we're saying, 
go in and match passions and mindset. Like, what are you interested in? Don't what talk you about into? your job and what you do every day. Right. You should be connecting on other things outside of that. Like interests. Mm. And so like when we first arrived and you were telling us about you living in Antigua and- Look uh, how much we connected with that because right. our family's from Jamaica. Right, so we had nothing. So we, 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 we weren't talking about work Yes. And what commonalities or what we you had. or what you can do for me? Right. right. We were just connecting as humans. Right. And that has a long, long-lasting effect when you connect as, as human humans, beings. Right. Versus what what have you done for me lately, right. or what can you do for me today or tomorrow? It dimensionalizes the person if right. they if they're looking out. One hundred percent. And then getting people who share interests in your orbit, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we had Zane Lowe, who's one of the world's best oh God, yeah. uh, DJs. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he said, you wanna be in the orbit with people who think like you. Yeah, you and that's what that? we say. Of course, we like to be around people that serve as our elevation and, and our, our gravity. gravity. And we've been able to do that mm, for say ourselves. Say that again and explain that. Yeah, so we like to surround ourselves with people who can serve as our elevation and okay. our gravity. So you want people that can ground, ground you. you, but then also lift you up when you uh, need it. Gotcha, gotcha. So they, yeah, so that you get the stability, yes. but then you also get that, wow, anything is possible. Kind exactly, of. so you so when you surround yourself with people that have that mentality and really serve that purpose in your life, you can take you, yourself to you the You become level. greater. Right. And the North Star, tell us what that is. So that's really surveying the landscape and figuring out what you really want. So when And I, what your future prize is. Right, so when I finished college, I was like, okay, I know I wanna be a producer. So I put that, I literally wrote that down on paper. I want to be a producer and I want to win an Emmy by the time I'm 35. There was How'd that go? I got two by the time I was 32. <laughs> so we're good. We're tracking yeah. well. Oh, you overachieved. <laughs> Mom was over there so proud. Yeah, she's smiling. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't care if I had to work 24-7, sleep at the office, work on weekends. I was on four different canceled shows. Nothing was gonna get in my way of achieving that North Star because I put it down on paper and literally wrote the steps that it was gonna take for me to get there. And it was too, her not getting tripped up by failures or the small wins. Because right. I think sometimes we get caught up with, oh, I didn't achieve what I thought, now what? And it's like, woe was me. Or I had this small win, but does it, can it, kind of amplify right. to the level where you need it to be. So I think that's why it's important to always set what that future prize is going to be. So even if you trip up or you have the small wins, you still know that there's a path, path forward. For you to go to. So, I mean, the fact that you've been successful, um, you would, there must be some people who are successful who think, well, I'm just gonna keep all this to myself because I don't wanna share these secrets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I don't wanna put them in a book and because I don't, you know, it's good. I know what, I know, I know the pathway. I, I've got my North Star. I right, got all right. this figured out. I'm just gonna do my thing. But you guys wanna share it. And, yeah. and, and you said uh, to help democratize success for people that uh, look like you mm -hmm. and who, and, and create openings, new openings for people um, so that so that they can push back against the status quo. And right. I'm just interested in where the passion for sharing your success and your secrets came from. Mm -hmm. I think first, um, we came into this world with with, e with each other. So we are always rooting for each other. So that is just kind of how, how we're it's wired. It's part of our makeup. So is that, did that come from your mom and from your aunt? Like, where did you learn that? Because that's a- Well, I think it definitely started with the family because we were raised by a single mom. She immigrated from Jamaica and she was the youngest of eight. 
and we like to say we were raised by committee because all of our aunts and our grandmother had a say in everything. If we had to go to the corner store, they all weighed in. If we were going on a trip, they all had to weigh in. So we saw that we saw that community, community come together and everyone rooting for each other and helping. So if we had an issue, everyone had an issue and everyone chipped in to figure out what the solution was. We call our mom our Swiss Army knife. So we I love that, by the way. Yeah, yeah you said like, like whatever the problem, whatever the she challenge, she's got like solution. a tool that she could pull yeah, out yeah. and and you never saw her sweat and it there was always a great outcome. I, I love that you re have remembered where you've come from mm -hmm. and that you still acknowledge where you got a lot of your lessons from. Yeah. yeah. And I try to remind my 23-year-old daughter, never forget those people in your life who have opened doors for you. Mm -hmm. Your mom opened doors for you. Right. Yeah. Uh, because if you don't remember that, then people who become successful, they some, somehow think that the pathway to that success was just, just so oh, easy. I'm so talented. Yeah. yeah. You know, but and no. I got here, and no one gets there by themselves. And I think that was the point. Once we got achieved a level, level of success, we felt like it was our duty to share, to share, and raise people up. And a lot of it is because when people meet us, we're looked at as anomalies. Oh, you're black. You've had so much success, and then you're They're, twins. You're from the same family, so it, it's this shock value. And we're like, well, why can't we be the norm? Mm. So you you mentioned your mom and and your aunties as being. The, the the role models mm -hmm. and it was it was sort of like a tribe as I understand it you describe yes. it in the book as like a tribe mm -hmm. um, well they each had their distinct personalities so and, we, and, archetypes. and archetypes of the type of people they were and we were able to pull different things from each of them so our aunt Leonie was the caregiver and she speak paid such special attention to giving gifts and making everyone feel special. And our Aunt Monica was the boss lady. She was an entrepreneur and started her own construction company when she came to America. And our Aunt Norma, she went to nursing school in Scotland. So she was the disciplinarian and the manners police. Yeah. Um, it was like, yes, please, and thank you. Like we Nothing all, wrong with that, by the way. Yes, yes absolutely. We, she drilled that into us. And then our grandmother was just the ultimate OG. Like she was the OG boss lady. Yes. And she was the soul that kind of kept everything together. together. She made us feel like we were superheroes. And your your mom, uh, your mom's story. Did she share with you her stories of what it was like for her growing up and lessons that she learned? And how was that done? I'm just interested. Yeah, I feel like it wasn't so much lessons that she learned. It was very much so anchored in the immigrant mentality. Yes. Like we came here for a better life and to achieve the American dream. So that was a lot of what, what was drilled into us early on. And education was the most important thing. Because that's the thing that can't be taken away from you. So because of that, our first introduction to the status quo really came from them because they really leaned into the status quo definition of what the American dream was. To them, you were only successful if you were, you were a, a lawyer. Doctor, lawyer, and engineer. And we knew we didn't want to do that. So early on, when we first graduated college, the expectation was, Trish, you're going to law school or business school, and Antoinette, you were going to go to grad school. Right. But then you came up with a little twist on that, yes. right? You were like, we we tricked you were like them. oh, you know what we need? We need work experience. Exactly. Then we go to graduate right. school. Exactly. See? We said studies show mm. when you have at and least you know two they years. Are, and they you guys are all outsmarted about them. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So studies show if you work for two years, it strengthens your grad school application. Yes. So Antoine and I looked at each other and said, okay, we have two years to figure this thing out. Mm. And not the final kind of 
future prize. It was really how can we create a roadmap or a blueprint that makes us feel, feel more confident yeah. that we can achieve something and make them feel comfortable to get off of our backs and not bother us about it. You said about uh, your mums that she made you feel like uh, superheroes mm -hmm. and we were, you were surrounded by all this amazing love, passion. Uh, they propped you up and, and uh, if you stumbled, they were there to, to pick you up. Yeah. Um, but they also would call us out if we were doing something wrong or... So it was a yeah. lot so you of had good parameters, hard, but tough love. Yeah. And, yes. and, and, and good principles and obviously your aunt who studied in Scotland was mm -hmm. the disciplinarian. What about, what about kids who are... They don't have that love. They don't have that same intensity with their family mm -hmm. and they're in the room playing a video game. Yeah. And how do you get to those kids mm -hmm. and make them feel like they have something special to share? Yeah, I think it's um, because- Who you surround yourself with. Yeah, it's surrounding yeah. it because yes, we had a big family, but then you can create friends become family. Yeah. Yes. Right, so I think it's about really cultivating a crew around you that can serve those 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 roles right. and like serve that purpose. So, so we focus on deliberate cultivation, not passive accumulation. A lot of people tend to just amass a great amount of people throughout their lives and, and feel not like and they not have to all keep friend, them around. Yeah, not all friends and people are created equally. So how are you more? How do you become more vil, uh, vigilant about who you have around you right. and what role they play? So we break down kind of what our what an ultimate tribe should look like right. and i think a lot of that starts with connecting based on passions and putting yourself out there and really leading with vulnerability because then you have a level of exposure to a lot and then you get the opportunity to pick and choose who you really want to spend time with you know you were talking about building a team in your mm -hmm. workplace yeah. and you're interviewing people and you know i i was taught that when you're building teams, you have to very, be very careful at getting rid of any poison in a yeah. team, you know, like negative energy, like mm -hmm. just being very aware of ridding yourself of it. And right. it's the same, same in with life, friends. right? Just yes. identifying people who are pulling you down right. instead mm -hmm. of elevating, like exactly. you said before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how, how do you, what advice would you give to people to maybe get rid of some of those people that are dragging them down and pulling them back into a, Dark place. Which has happened to us. And, and we've done it. And I think it's just like how every year you go to the doctor for a physical. Yes. We kind of do that at the end of the year. Together? We, yes. yes. Together. We sit down and we say, okay, what, what are our highs and lows of this year? Who have we surrounded ourselves with? Who did we want to hang out with? And, and who did we connect with and surprisingly had an amazing experience with and we want to continue to build on that relationship? Right. And who did we not spend enough time with where we had kind of a great connection? So and then, who, who we felt like had we had a one-sided relationship with? Like we were putting in more and not getting that right. much in return. You know return. those people, sometimes you're they around them. They dry. Yeah. And you walk away and a you're A lot like, of takers. You can't even, you don't know why, but for whatever reason, you feel just drained. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not like they did anything necessarily, it's just for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? So it's also shifting your relationship constructs with how you're dealing with these people. So certain people that may have been in your inner circle, but no longer are serving you, and that may sound harsh, but then you put them maybe more of a social friend. Yeah. So you don't and do And maybe you're not serving them too, by exactly. the way. Exactly. Yeah, it's, 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 it goes take, both ways. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you're doing more group outings with them instead of one-on-one -on -one so they're not sucking you dry and you're releasing so much energy with them. So I think it's just about being conscious of just like you go to the doctor and you go to 
to the dentist because you want to check in to make sure you you're feeling good and that you're healthy you want to do that with the relationships that you have mm, it's so important yeah it, it, it you know who you're surrounded by right yeah. you know you want to be around people who who you can learn from exactly and, you know where you feel good and mm -hmm. you know it's it life is short right right yeah. so you have these 52 principles well, we have eight principles, but then at the end of each chapter, uh -huh. we have what something we call called on the download. Oh, on so the, on the, the down, yeah. on the down, on the download. Yeah, it could be on the DL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it basically <laughs> summarizes the chapters. Okay. So, so the best takeaway from each chapter. And those basically it totals right? 52. fifty-two. So we created a deck of fifty-two mantra cards based on on the download, so everyone could have a mantra every day that they can meditate on or think about so they could focus on for that day yeah That's every great. week yeah. yeah I'm very visual like that yeah. so mm -hmm. the idea of writing it down I really do believe it's yeah. the mm -hmm. it, it it sounds so simple but sometimes very difficult right. to articulate it yeah. you know mm -hmm. to, to say this is important to me this yeah. is what I want to do mm -hmm. but once you've made that commitment right I really do believe it just launches you. And mm -hmm. it keeps you on course because um, even now, like I recently sold my company and I'm trying, I'm thinking, okay, what's my next thing? Where am I going to make an impact? What value can I bring? Do I start a new venture? Do I go work for someone? Right now I'm consulting in the interim, um, but I've been writing things down saying, okay, here, here are five things that I think I might want to do next. And that's helped me figure out it's how- You're exploring everything. Exactly. And where you want to land. And then it, because we're big believers in being legendary versus temporary. And when Ooh, you- look at you. When you write one. down- <laughs> Legendary. For, and when you write those things down, you're- That's you, the first step to be, re actualizing that. So now, today, yeah. uh, you mentioned you were consulting, is that right? Yeah, so I started a creative and technology agency. Um, what is a creative and technology agency? So it's one part. She just uses big words. No. Yeah, because I'm like, wow, like, I see one your part. business card and now you put all that on there. <laughs> it's one part advertising agency and also one part innovation lab because the basis of why I wanted to start my agency, it was called Narrative. It was about redefining the rules of storytelling, hmm. leveraging culture and technology. So looking at how the role technology can play now in storytelling, they can technology allows brands to really redefine how they tell their story and how mm. they connect with audiences. So I wasn't just focused on creating ad campaigns that you traditionally see. We were looking at creating IP and products and experiences and platforms that brands could be connected to so that there's not a an on and off switch. So like, here's a new campaign for Q1 and here's one for Q2. It was how can we create, really lean into brand experience mm. to um, figure out how audiences come to have a higher connection with those brands and um, had it for about four and a half years. Russell Simmons actually gave me the seed capital to start it. And quickly we amassed a great roster of clients, Under Armour, JCPenney, Samsung, and a bunch of startups. And then we started building a lot of products and developing IP and getting patents. And we started getting interest in acquisitions. And then Will Packer, the filmmaker, mm. he actually acquired Narrative um, four and a half years after we started it. So I'm still consulting and advising um, for him and, and Narrative. And working on the next thing on your list. Exactly, yes. yeah. yeah. 
and double down. And yes, and double down, of course. Uh, which and do you guys talk about double down? Do you guys go around and do tours, or are you going? To so the we just started. Right so we the, just started the tour because so the, the book, book came out, out September 10th. Right. So we've been doing it's perfect a lot timing of, to get this out there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so we've been doing a lot of broadcast, television, and then speaking, speaking engagements, engagements. Um, conferences, and things like that. Yeah. Okay. So you won the two Emmys. You work. From Montel, you were, you also work for Tyra. You, Tyra, that's where you Rachel two, Ray, right? Nate Burkus. So I was a producer for twelve years, mm-hmm. and then after that, having someone who was living a parallel life to me, I realized I was missing so much of my personal life because she was married, had just bought an apartment, and I had a small apartment, me and Miami's, and that was it. So I made a conscious effort to pivot my career choice and figure out where I could basically blossom and find a whole new life mm-hmm. where I was still fulfilled um, professionally, but also had a personal life. So I worked on a lot of integrations when I was on the Tara Bank show and figured out that I wanted to move into that space. So then I started working at MSLO, Martha Stewart's company, mm-hmm. and I ran her branded integrations. And then I heard that CBS was looking for someone. So then I went over to CBS seven and a half years ago, and I started out just as a director overseeing one of the daytime shows, and no one was doing anything else with the other daytime shows. So I talked to my boss and I'm like, there's so much Empty space and potential. Why isn't anyone doing this? So he was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe you should. So then I basically built up a business within within a business. So that's why I consider myself an entrepreneur and Trish is more of an entrepreneur because I drive change within existing companies. And then I create companies to drive change. Have you ever thought about doing something you create together. the company and then you come into the company like we, we've, we've thought, thought about, about it, it. Um, and I think you need we me to will. negotiate your deal I know, right? I know. Like we I'm might me- need you to mediate as well yes. yeah, I can yeah. Mediate. yeah we will eventually do that yeah. especially Sounds now like it, with the book maybe you take all the experience of you doing you know going your down your yeah. path and right at some point you come together yeah that that's would be the, the ideal plan yeah yeah. Any idea what it would be like? Well, now we have two things. So we've been discussing with a few folks launching a seed fund mm-hmm. where because we feel as though there are a lot of people that have ideas, but they don't have the money to create the prototype. Right. So could we be that seed round where it's 10, 15, 20, 30 K where you get your proof of concept <clears throat> and you can at least have something tangible right. to test and then you continue uh, the raise or build a business, you know, more methodical. So that's one thing we've been thinking about. The other is a new consumer product, product that, that we, we came up developed. with. and Which the, is top secret and you can't tell We me. can't talk about we it yet, but the it. prototype just came in that's from China. Yeah. And, um, that's exciting. Yes. So exciting. And was this something you came up with together? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I came up with the initial element, and then you amplified Hello. it. Oh boy! And then you we amplified it. Mama, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now we're laying out the business plan for that. So I think right now we're looking at how we can, to Activate your point, together, join and forces. build our brand and double as, down, maybe. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Well, it's been so cool to have you guys here. Um, Thanks for having us. Where do you go to at, immediately after this? So we have a dinner after this, and then tomorrow we're doing a segment on the talk to promote ah, Double Down. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, is, is there any last thought that you would like to leave everybody with? That Double Down can become a muscle. 
All you have to do is work it out. And uh, the eight principles at least gives you that baseline and that regimen. So you can become acquainted with it and then it becomes part of your day to day. Love she it. said it. She said it. <laughs> I love it. She said it for you. Exactly. Um, you said it together. Yeah. Um, so we, we end the podcast with two questions. The first question is if you were going to take a road trip mm-hmm. and you could take anybody from any time in history in the car with you, three people, who would you want to take with you? Uh, oh, we should say that at the same time to see if we say the same people. Okay. So Oprah. Oprah. This is like the newlywed game. <laughs> Second, uh, Bob Michelle Marley. Obama. Oh. Oh. Okay. 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 We got Jamaican and, yeah. and Michelle Obama. And because Bob created such a culture and he was so ahead of his time. And, and brought reggae so to the mainstream. Today. Can I say something about Bob Marley? Yeah. yeah. I've traveled to over 130 something countries. Mm-hmm. There is no musician, there is no music that I have Influence. seen played yeah. in more yes. countries, in more places. Mm-hmm. Forget Elvis Presley, forget mm-hmm. the Beatles, Michael right. Jackson, any of the biggest stars ever in yeah. history. Bob Marley, you will hear his music everywhere on the on the yep. most expensive luxury yachts mm-hmm. in the Mediterranean to a small little village, you know, like Songwe village in right. Africa. Yeah. And if you also think about it, his career was short compared to so many of the musicians and the groups that and you just called out. And the impact that he was able he to have in yeah. so, such a short period of time. And not with a, yes, he has a good size catalog, but it's not huge like some yeah. other artists. Um, um, so I said two, so then my third will probably, uh, we lost our grandmother two years ago on Sunday. So I would want to bring her back to hang out with me and Oprah and Michelle Obama. I'm going to say we get a six seater and let you guys go together and then you can have everyone. We can yes. have everyone. Yeah. yeah, why not? We like that. We could do an RV. Yeah, we could do yeah. something like, you know, one of those seven seater yes. uh, SUVs. Yeah. SUVs. Yeah. Yes. So you're all comfortable. So imagine that SUV. Oh, man. On that's fire. A, that's a trip. <laughs> Who's driving the car? She, oh, she's not a good driver. I no. always say driving Miss Ned. Yeah, but you can let Bob Marley drive or you can let Oprah drive, Michelle, you don't But I, I think I would drive because we would want them, we would oh. want them focused on the road. You yeah. want them we want to be able. We want to soak up everything that they have. Got it. And yeah. you know what else we would do? We would probably record it so yeah. that we could go back, back and, and like listen, listen to those gems. It. I'll lend you my mic. So okay. Gonna, yeah, okay, perfect. Okay. Oh, maybe you can come. Could I sit in the boot? Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. Just hang maybe you can. You can come. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I promise to be interesting. And, and only you can only talk in your um, West Indian accent. Indian accent. Yeah. That's a promise. There's yes, no no yes. worries there at all. <laughs> okay. So Good. the last question: mm-hmm. Your last day on earth, mm-hmm. and you know it's the last day. Yeah. How are you gonna live it out? Mm, that's such a good question. How do we live the last, last day on earth? Life. I would want to surround myself with, with the most I important love. people in my life. Hmm? And that's doing everything with them from morning to Tonight. night, yeah. having eating great food, having different experiences, dancing. A lot of things, a lot of sausage, yes. a lot of dukana. Exactly. And, you're, Oxtail, and you're doing and that. And that's Jamaican so West jerk. Indian oh. too. <laughs> 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 so we would we would want a sip chat chow. That's we will an abashment. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love, can I be come to that one as well? That yes. sounds like a lot of fun. Are you coming, Mom? Yes. 
All right. Yeah. Right. And your wife's going to come Louise, too. Oh, yeah. Too. No, Louise. And, and Louise, and Lu- she, she's a DJ, so she can do oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, All right Louise. Louise. You're yeah. coming. You're coming. Yeah. Um, and you know, Louise is my middle name. Is that right? Yeah. So she's TLC. So my initials are TLC. 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 Oh, well, I, I was going to say, you guys, you got it, you got it all. Yeah. Tender, <laughs> love, and care. It's, it's, it's all there. Double we down. need to hang out with Double you more down, often. Double down, TLC. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Thanks, you, guys. guys. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. To see more great interviews, go to philcogan.com and subscribe to Bucket with Phil Kogan wherever you get your podcasts. Please consider rating and reviewing us. And follow Bucket, that's Bucket with an I-T, on Instagram and Facebook. Also, follow me on Twitter, at Phil Kogan. Today's podcast proudly brought to you by Bucket Nutrition. Great tasting, high performance nutrition to power your adventure. Don't forget to go to Amazon.com, search for Bucket Nutrition, and use promo code Bucket10, that's Bucket with an I-T, and you'll get a 10% discount on all Bucket Nutritional products. Just wait until you try the Bucket Booster with Manuka Honey.